1: Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. We got ourselves a mailbag pod, but first, Justin, uh, Brian Dable announced on Tuesday that they are going with Tyrod Taylor as the starting quarterback. We all expected that. Uh, Dable made everyone wait a couple days to, to give the answer on that. The right decision once you did pull DeVito um, and Tyrod Taylor is going to start the final two games of the year if he can stay healthy. Which gives them a better chance to win, which is a little scary. now that we are fully in like tank mode.
0: Oh yeah. Um. Jordan Ronan put out this tweet, and this isn't like a shot at Jordan. This is what all the beat. This is what all the beat reporters are saying. But this is just like a recap tweet. This was the move Dable needed to make in order to, to justify to his locker room that they are trying to win. Taylor is a well-respected veteran, and at this point of his career, is the better quarterback when compared to Tommy DeVito. That tweet was put out on December twenty seventh, three nineteen PM. If that tweet was put out December fourth, which is seven days before the Monday Night Football game against the Green Bay Packers, does anyone bat an eye?
1: No. No, I mean that those (laughs) articles should have been written then, but for some reason nobody wrote those articles at that time. Uh I don't don't want to spend a lot. I'm over it. I'm over it. Yeah, we we basically did all of this on Monday um and a lot on Twitter, so I don't feel the need to spend a lot of time on this, but you know, this is the fir- po- first podcast since it happened, so just I just want to recap without going into a ton of details. This was obviously going to happen. Tyrod is the much better player. Uh, I'm, I'm emphasizing the word much. Um, just to talk about DeVito in that Eagles game. I, I, the Eagles were finally got smartened up to the DeVito stuff, um, and not to say that he was killing it versus other teams, but the Eagles were the first team that are like, you know what, we're just going to play him like He's not a horrible quarterback, and that like we got to stop Saquon Barkley at a thousand miles per hour. And look, we're just going to throw disguised coverages and not worry about stacking the box every single play, and it just totally neutralized him. Like he just turned, just turned into nothing. Like he just he didn't. He basically had to get to the backside of his reads on everything because he just did not see what was happening. Um, And that you know also not a lot of opportunities to throw the ball, but but obviously was was really bad um, I'll have the film review out later to to illustrate some of the stuff in that but here's where uh, I I am going to emphasize is the much right like people the argument has been justin like well the gap was it's it's close it's it was close and so they went with the younger guy like they're they're both bad they're both I I disagree so much like if Tyrod Taylor wasn't injury prone He would be again, once again, another highest paid backup QB in the NFL. He's done the backup QB role very well. Uh, He's better on film by a mile, not, not close, by a mile. Uh and if you look at stats, there's twenty players in between them in EPA per play, and that's not even considering the opponents. That's not considering the Joe Barry Packers defense. That's not considering Jack Del Rio and the commanders deciding like, hey, we're gonna be the dumbest defense ever. We're just gonna run downhill and not cover anybody and not communicate at all. He that that doesn't include that in those numbers in that film. Tyrod Taylor is the gap is not close. Um and and, but then that's that's why we're here, despite Devito being the younger guy and winning three games in a row.
0: Yeah, the opponents that Ty, that Tyrod didn't play and the opponents that Tommy Devito did play does really need to be a part of this conversation. Where, you know, Washington Commanders didn't they fire Jack Del Rio the the next day after no, it that was, performance? They, the Thanksgiving after All right, the so Thanksgiving It was one, it game. Was one week later. Um, or a couple weeks well, later. And
1: Tyrod did play Del Rio and the Commanders, which were a bad defense, but they at least had their put they didn't trade away eight, their two edge guys.
0: Put up eight. And plays they of and they played DeVito yards.
1: like he was a they played DeVito like he was a middle school quarterback and with like DeVito's stats in the Commanders game are pretty good. It just took all the
0: sacks. No, but again, my, my, my point is is that the you know, take your Giants brain off for a second and just put on like the NFL brain of man, that Washington defense is terrible and they they have seemingly gotten worse. They're the coldest team in the NFL right now, and that defense is absolutely pathetic. And then you know that Joe Barry and that Packers defense, they've been one of the coldest units in the NFL. Over the last month, it's so crazy how Bryce Young and Tommy DeVito absolutely diced up that defense. Yet they stopped Patrick Mahomes on prime time in Lambeau Field. That that's that's the Joe Barry exper- experience for you right there. So that Packers defense is really really bad. Bryce Young just put up thir- a thirty a thirty bag on him. So take that with the grain of salt. But I, I, I said it on WFAN. I said it on here. Um. I'm ready for this to be over. I, I want this back This back and forth to be over. I'm ready for the offseason to talk about a solution to possible quarterback one. I'm ready for that.
1: Yeah, right. So like you mentioned, DeVito did play well mm-hmm. versus the Packers. And then versus Saints, I actually thought he made improvements. But it was still – he scored six points with, with those improvements. And then they all went to shit when the Eagles threw some disguise coverages at you. But, yeah, it's over – Tom, uh, Tyrod starts the next two games unless he gets hurt. Uh, Matt Barkley to the Jacksonville Jags. Uh, so I'll never get to see him throw a pass for us. That makes me sad. I wonder if Jacob Eason and that kid's jersey will become uh, part oh. of the Giants. Like, they still haven't signed their third quarter. Like, you kind of have to have a third QB to get through the rest of the season on the practice quarter. or Maybe they don't. Maybe they simply don't care at this point. <laughs> um, Justin, before we get into this episode... Well, actually, we've gotten into the episode. Before we get into this mailbag... This episode is brought to you by some special people. Jeff Green. There's there's a basketball player named Jeff Green. There was a NASCAR driver named Jeff Green. And then Kevin Evans, which is your parents really decided to make your first name and your last name rhyme. Kevin that Evans. That feels
0: fake. That feels fake.
1: It it Kevin Evans. Like Kevin that's, Evans. A, that's a, Kevin Evans.
0: I think I love that though. I think
1: his parents probably got get a great kick out of it, too. Kevin. Hey, I'm
0: Kevin Evans coming to you live from Patreon.com slash Talk Giants. $2 a month plus some other tiers. You get to hang out with us live while we record the shows. Bobby Skinner will send you some stickers in the mail. Plus, there's some short raffles a couple times a month. Patreon.com slash Talk Giants. Thanks to our listeners. And also, link in the description. The Giants have two home games left. Yeehaw!
1: Tony Award voting is available for Patreon members now, oh, too.
0: that is also a perk. where And you only get to, they get to vote. Only they get to vote. You are 25% of the vote this year. So be part of the Tony Award voting. Patreon.com slash Talk of Giants. Um, we have two more tailgates this year. Giants have two more home games. So that link is also in our description if you are looking for a place to tailgate, if you're looking for a place to hang out these final two home games of... The season. I expect to see uh, do a barrel roll at this game on Sunday.
1: You'll be glad you did. Yeah, <laughs> make sure ad. you get it. I'm kind of if I kind of wanted to come up for one of these games, but it's just like I can't spend the bread on like a whole trip for for these games. So I just I'm just I'm not, but I, I am going to be missing all of you guys there. So make sure to get to the tailgate. All right, take it away, Steve.
0: melt Meltdown.
1: the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Mail! Thanks, Steve from Blue's Clues. Justin, let's get into the mail.
0: Oh, Mr. Chicken with the first question, and he asks, Is the fan base scapegoating Mike Kafka for the overall shortcomings of the offense?
1: did you see the uh the results of the so we did some kind of end of season polls on the, on the page right like the yeah. position coach one to put out tomorrow so i put out the results of like head coach gm head coach and then coordinators for gm and head coach i asked do you believe they're the right people for the job not will should they be back because everyone even if you're not happy with them you everyone believes they should be back believe Joe Shane is the right GM for the giants. While 93% believe Brian Dable is the right head coach. A surprise. It's that high after a year or two where you lost like this, but I do agree at least with Brian Dable and Shane, I do agree with, but I don't, I don't have like a lot of conviction on that. Uh, only 38% of fans believe Mike Kafka should be back. I was shocked. I was really shocked by that. I really Is did it not see
0: 38% believe that he should not be back or 38% believe should he be,
1: should be back? So that means 72% oh. believe Mike Kafka should be fired. 87% believe Wink Martindale should be back. And then uh, 4% believe Thomas McGee should be back after six seasons with the Giants. Uh,
0: so let me ask this question. If you believe that Mike Kafka shouldn't be back and I'm genuinely asking this like I, I, I cuz I'm not in the building what makes you so confident that Mike Kafka is doing a bad job but also like Brian Dable who's also responsible for the offense cuz he's an offensive head coach then we're so secure on Brian Dable's job which I I agree with I I am on Brian I I think Brian Dable's a good coach and I think he is Hopefully the right coach for this team will see how he deals with these assistants and the relationship between them. But if you're so confident on Dable, what what do we know about Mike Kafka that makes him unique from Brian Dable, besides him just picking and choosing the plays in certain moments?
1: Yeah, that's basically it. It's like, well, he does the play calling and the offense has obviously been really bad this year, but I do want to defend Kafka a little bit. Well while talking about some of the things that do bother me about him. Um, but some of the things that bothered me about him are can be very much linked to Brian Dable, and it's, it's very weird. And we have the next question is about Brian Dable specifically, but it's like the head coach, you know, like we talked about this when Brian Flores was a candidate, right? We're like, hey, being a former head coach helps you, right? But it also hurts you because now a lot of your flaws that aren't going to be shown as the head man in charge are open to everyone where the other guys aren't where uh, to me like Brian some of Brian Deable's flaws are out there in the open Mike Kafka could have a, a lot of flaws but they're at least not out there in the open
0: yeah we just don't, now, we that don't know s- them
1: <laughs> that being said if Brian Dable does feel like he should move off of Mike Kafka that does tell you a, a lot about that as long as it's not about just their personal working relationship if he actually thinks like hey he just doesn't run my offense the way I want it I'm okay with that as long as he he, as long as he calls the blaze or brings in Ken Dorsey to call the place
0: i would solely think that if the relationship between Wink Martindale and Brian Dable was better but now because right. Brian Dable That's could what. be could be an asshole if Brian Dable's an asshole to work with and both of them are gone i'm no longer i'm no longer giving dable that benefit of the doubt if you know what maybe it just didn't work with mike kafka maybe dable is just an asshole and a tough person to work with and that makes me really concerned
1: yeah, and we'll talk about that in the next question. Now, we haven't heard, we haven't had the Wink Martindale-type story come out from Mike Kafka, and any type of, like, it's rumor, and I'm talking, like, small rumors, like nothing huge or substantial, have been, like, more of, like, Dable may not be super happy with Kafka. But
0: people in calling. the know have still, like, spring, they've sprinkled it, where it's, like, when talking about Wink Martindale, they're also putting Mike Kafka's name involved in that in... Like you know, and we're we're talking about possible Tony Award-winning uh Ryan Dunleavy, and I think maybe Dan Duggan, who's a former Tony Award winner. You know, they're all kind of sprinkling out there that when when talking about Wink Martindale, in the same breath, they're mentioning that Wink Martindale uh Mike Kafka may not be back next year.
1: Yeah, so we'll we'll see. But uh, with that one, I Brian Daly either takes some play calling, or or Ken Dorsey comes and takes a play calling, right? I'd I'd be okay with it at that point. If he just kind of went out of the building, like the other people he interviewed are Pep Hamilton and Chad O'Shea the last time I was never a huge Chad O'Shea fan, even though there's not a ton to judge him off besides that Miami OC year. And then, uh, you know, Pep Hamilton, the Pep Hamilton was, he didn't do very good with the Texans last year, but it's hard to judge him when he had Davis Mills as your quarterback and, and a pretty bad offensive line. But here's the thing with, with, like the link between Dable and Kafka. Like this is Brian Dable's playbook for one, right? Like obviously Kafka has added stuff to it, but it is Brian Dable's playbook. The run game issues are the same things that popped up in Buffalo, where it's like the run game doesn't really have an identity of what they do. They don't have good chemistry. Like, and that's to me, that's more on Bobby Johnson and Brian Dable. Uh, The offense was ranked bad. To me, the offensive line in early games with DJ were really bad without Thomas, like really bad moments that made it hard to play the and offense operable. looked pretty operable under Tyrod Taylor and they've been able to coach up Tommy DeVito to where like he was actually liked by a lot of the fan base um and I go back to 2022 and I look at an offense that's Richie James who we talked about how bad the Chiefs wide receiver core is Richie James can get barely get any playing time for them you had David Sills and Marcus Johnson starting for over half the year Darius Slayton didn't start to begin the year not good offensive line play and you were ninth in EPA per play. You were fifteenth yep. in success rate. Twelfth in dropback EPA per play. Seventh in rushing EPA per play. Fifteenth in scoring. So you were able to do all of that. Uh, I to me, Mike Kafka, and I and I watched the film in these games this year too, and I see open receivers, and I see like you know playmakers being used, and I see a lot of times the offensive line being issues or quarterback play just not being able to deliver. And then you know like in the run game, it's mostly offensive line issues. Um, like it's hard for them to run zone with Justin Pugh right now. Like he just cannot get any movement at the point of attack and it it messes up, you know, double teams and it's just an issue for them. Uh, so to me, Mike Kafka has shown more good than bad as, as an offensive play caller.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, and even go back to last year where the giants were like dead last in 2021 in red zone offense, um, they were 5th in the NFL last year in uh in, in touchdown red zone scoring percentage. Dallas was 1st, Kansas City 2nd, Philadelphia 3rd, Detroit 4th, Giants 5th. That's a that's a pretty damn good list. That's that's pretty damn good company. Uh this year they're 30th. Um and they're you know the Jets are 32, the Titans are 31, the Giants are 30 and the Ra- and the Raiders are 29. So that's not that is not tremendous company to to be around, but I don't I I don't put it on I don't put it. I don't really put it on Dable or Kafka from a schematic point of view. I really don't. Were there times this year where I kind of hated the offense because they just kept spamming a second and long run to avoid a second down sack just to take a sack on third down? Sure, you know. But I, I'm, I'm also not sitting back saying that's the main difference in the Giants being a five-win team and an eight-win team and nine-win team. I, I'm not. I'm not doing that. Uh, I'm not sitting back and saying that the play calling and the Giants' run to pass ratio and the red zone play calling, like it was with Garrett in 2021, I'm not sitting back and saying that is the main difference in why the Giants are an abysmal offensive football team this year.
1: And you know, we talk about like you know the you know if you want if Dave wants to call plays, he could have done that this year, and I don't think anyone would have batted an eye. At that if he wanted to take over play calling right so you're gonna wait till next year to do that um you know and then I know some people will bring up the the Cardinals game the video did like there's they would have there's a literally a belt that calls in the plays now Dable could have been communicating the Kafka but that hasn't been the process after that for the season so if Dable really wanted to call plays he shouldn't have waited. He shouldn't be waiting until the season is over, right? He should He should have done it and seen. So I think Kafka, and again, Kafka, you know, there's things Kafka can work on and grow from. I think Dable should try and help him in that instead of uh, throwing away a good, bright, young mind who has done well with bad personnel in the NFL and has proven yeah. to be able to, to do that.
0: I still think something was going on uh, weeks three or you know whenever that Cardinals game was to even like the one or two weeks after that where Dable had like that play sheet and was talking into it my I I still want clarification on what was happening for those for those few weeks
1: yeah it's like and he could have like I said he could have been like communicating to Kafka what he wanted ran or wanted run while not technically calling plays, but right. if that was the case, if that was the case to where he's like, I got to do this, he would just simply take over the play calling duties. Yeah. Um. And we would we we would know. Well, actually, we might not know that because uh, we find out stories months later. All right, Justin. Next question.
0: Next question is coming from Ken C. With Tyrod Taylor back in at QB, do you think it will stunt Tommy DeVito's ability to read an ad? Today's
1: no. episode is sponsored by Shady Ray's. It's the season of giving. Give the, the perfect gift for a special someone, yourself or both. Our friends at Shady Ray's have you covered with premium polarized shades and quick swap snow goggles that won't break the bank. Shady Ray's is an independent sunglasses company that offers an unrivaled product that's just as good as an expensive pair we've worn durable frames and world-class optics for all outdoor adventures and if you're into winter sports their quick swap snow lenses uh, move effortlessly between full sun to low light environments and you snowbirds have told me like that's a big deal that's not all shady rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear every pair of sunglasses is backed by the lost and broken replacement and if you're someone that's active or not even active like that's the biggest thing about sunglasses is like How do I, I, I'm afraid of losing these or breaking these or damaging them, right? That's, that was always my issue why I never like really invested in good sunglasses because I'd lose them, right? You'd be out on the boat, they fly off your head. You will go in the water and forget to take them off your head, gone. You know, uh, leave them somewhere. That's, you know, that's, that's not what you want. So if you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your shady rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out a very great deal for the season. Go to shadyrays.com and use code GIANTS for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. You'll be glad you did. Next question.
0: Oh, you'll certainly be glad you did And research, Rick. NYG fan in Charlotte, he's asking, is Dable getting a free pass from fans deserved, or should fans be more skeptical of his future based on the choices he's made this year?
1: Oh, man. this is So this is tough, because I think Brian Dable should, like I've said time and time again, Brian Dable would have to commit crimes for me to say he shouldn't be the head coach next year, and then I would still have to see exactly what crimes they were. Brian I well, I I don't think you can look at last year and be like, oh, flukes. Like, no, that's – not every coach can do that. I like what they do schematically. Um, but he is going to be under a lot more scrutiny next year. Right, Justin? Oh, huge, uh, yeah. And to me, it's not about just looking at, at wins and losses. But the wins and losses, like, I think, in a sense, kind of help him, right? Because sh- things went to shit this year uh, – but you had this team win three games in a row under Tommy DeVito. Under the last coaching staff, Justin, that just doesn't happen, right? No. Like, maybe you have the win versus the Patriots, but I don't have any faith that they would have beat the Commanders or uh, or, or the Packers. I just don't think that they were would have been capable of doing that with Tommy DeVito at quarterback. Um, but there is things that need to have more light shined on them, right? Like, you know something we were i was bothered by when he first was hired is the special teams hiring process like it came out of some cute story that they was interviewing Thomas McGee Thomas McGee and like before they even got halfway through the interview it was just like hey you want the job like like that's a bad hiring process the Bobby Johnson hiring right like that has to be fixed you have to fire Bobby Johnson uh we'll see you know the re- like we know the relationship at least at one point was not good at all with Wink Martindale. Has it been able to be repaired? How does the defense look when you uh, if you do uh, if Wink is moved off of handling of injuries? Like Jamie Gillian has two injuries on his left foot, Justin, and I think he's going to punt this week. Right. Like, and it goes back to like the Adore Jackson thing last year. like an injury prevention. The Graham Ganoth, like Grant, like you know, they lost a the game because of bad handling of Graham Ganoth injury uh and then smaller personnel moves like tight end three edge depth uh obviously that falls a little more on Shane but you know tight end three if Dable was like hey I want a tight end three who can block that would have been that would have been addressed in the offseason uh the edge depth I put on Shane and not and not Bryant Dable but so things like that man they can add up to losing games and if you lose games for two years in a row With all that, those are the things that are going to be pointed against you. And the main thing will be how he deals with people and can he maintain relationships?
0: I think because of how tight Dable and Shane are, Dan Duggan talked about this today in The Athletic. How tight Dable and Shane are, Dable deserves criticism for misevaluating this roster. That includes Daniel Jones. Now, we have a mailbag question about that later, and I'm not going to. Like, that's not going to be the reason why Dable gets fired, because of this Daniel Jones contract. But, still, like, you know, hey, alright, we're going to give this quarterback a lot of money, this is my quarterback, this is the guy that I want to ride with, coach you. Coach, you sure you sure you want to give this guy a contract? Yeah, this is the guy, let's do it. Um, doesn't hold the Giants back from doing anything, which we've talked about. So that's one. Um... Yeah, I I think that we can add a lot more speed to this offense. I think that we can add Paris Campbell. Um, I think that we can really utilize and let this guy Jalen Hyatt fly. I think we could trade for Darren Waller, even though, yeah, Evan Neal's our right tackle. He'll take a step up. Yeah, let's go. Let's rock and roll. Yeah, Josh Azuda will take a second year step up. Let's go, Mark Lewinsky. You're good enough of a starter. Let's go. Uh, you know, I I think there was a lot of misevaluation. That happened this year on the offensive side of the ball. But most notably, Daniel Jones not taking that second-year jump in the system, not getting explosive, not operating the offense. Um, You know, Second year in a row where they asked him to operate a big-boy offense, and a second year in a row where he couldn't. And then luckily in 2022, they changed and they altered the offense enough where it was a top-10 efficiency EPA per-play offense, which was great. Won a playoff game, that's great, but... Teams caught on to it, uh, and it just didn't work in 2023, and that's a huge misevaluation from Brian Dable, and you know it's also by Joe Shane, and I'm going to put both of them in the same conversation because of how attached at the hip they are.
1: Yeah, I, obviously the Jones one, but like smaller personnel moves, I do put on. Like the job is Joe Shane's, right? And you know the head coach's job is to you know, get the most out of the guys that are put on his plate and you know, try and build that confidence. Um but to me it's it's about it's like lack of offensive line like addition. To me that's that's to me that's way more on Shane than it is Brian Dable. Like that's that's Joe Shane's job. No, but like the, the point like but
0: the point is is that the they tight felt end thing like yeah I put that on, on Brian Dable. They felt like they could run an offense this year. We saw them in Camp Bobby. Slinging it across the yard. We we knew what they wanted to accomplish, and it's and it's a it's a fine thing to want to accomplish it, but it is also on the coaching staff to realize, hey, we can accomplish this. Maybe we have to go back to some of the heavy rushing schematic stuff that we were doing in two thousand twenty two. You know, freaking, you know, putting Barry and Saquon Barkley into the ground and you know, running the more handling on- of
1: training camp is obviously a big one too.
0: Right, right. So I, I think that. So I'm not even talking about from, like, okay, Brian Dable is responsible for drafting offensive linemen. I he's clearly not. He's part of the process, 100%. Way more part of the process than Joe Judge was. Way more the part of the process than than Pat Shermer, and I think even way more than Tom Coughlin was. Um, way Joe, more. I
1: think Joe Judge was involved. They just hated each him and Gettleman hated each other. Right? Yeah,
0: they, 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 they freaking hated each other. Um,
1: and Joe Judge was just strong-willed to get his way a few times. In Dave that gettleman process.
0: was not. Uh, Joe Judge was not Dave Gettleman's pick for head coach. He was John Mayer's pick for head coach. Have I ever said that Dave Gettleman actually wanted Brandon Staley on this show? Well, there you go. That, that's that's sourced up. So now you know. Um, but where am I going? But it is on Dable and his staff to evaluate what they have in this roster and be like, okay, this is what we this is what we can accomplish offensively this year. Yeah, we have the quarterback. Yeah, we have the receivers. We have the line to get all these things done. And Bobby... They didn't have anything to get any of it done. And that's on the coaching staff. It's on Dable. They adjusted last year, and they yeah, but, adjusted but to when none they, of it this they,
1: year. And they lost Andrew Thomas, and I think that really hurt. Like, we saw them be able to – they lost Andrew Thomas, and then they lost Daniel Jones, and they lost Tyrod Taylor. And
0: Evan Neal sucked like, from the start. Like Yeah, yeah like, yeah, like
1: yeah, they had to – they couldn't not go into this year with Evan Neal as the starter. Um, no,
0: but again, you're not understanding my point. You're, you're, my my point is, is that they thought that they could run an offense that they that did not work, and they could not run. They couldn't run the well, the go 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 fast 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 well, explosive comes, explosive offense that we saw in camp.
1: Yeah, well, again, I think a big part of that is Andrew Thomas getting injured, and then Daniel. Even though Daniel Jones did not step into the plate, is bad. Daniel Jones, we've also seen his a lot of his success is correlated to good Andrew Thomas, which I'm going to talk about in a question coming right. up. Um, but I, I, there's a lot of things like when Andrew Thomas went down, does it stop you from running like stuff? No, but it stops you at running it consistently, which they tried and they did adjust somewhat, right? Because the Cow, now the Cowboys game, their plan for that sucked. They they did think they were going to be. Gun, running and gunning and throwing all over the field and it really backfired in that bad that game, right? It was a bad matchup to do that too, but it really backfired. But they did adjust after that. And you saw the Arizona game. Um they weren't like, you know, you got some of those big explosives, but they weren't just like, hey, well, protection's gonna hold up forever. You saw how they adjusted in the 49ers game, and you know, they just the sea like the Seahawks game, there was good stuff, and Jones just shit the bed had one of his worst games on film. All right, next question.
0: Yeah. But you you do understand where I'm where I'm coming from, right? Like I'm not talking about roster decisions and Brian Dable being attached to that, but I do think he's part of he's part of like creating an expect like i'm not not, internally with his but it all worked
1: in camp, right? It's not like in camp they tried this stuff and it didn't work at all. Now, part of the thing that right. I was going against was they didn't realize how one of the questions coming up, how bad their pass rush was going to be right. outside of Dexter Lawrence, which, which again, I really they, think they, helped.
0: they have to evaluate that. We're we're it's not on us to we're we're evaluating what we're seeing, and the results were were good in camp. It is on they're being paid so much more money, like an exponential amount of more money, and they have way more years of experience of watching football, and also they're in the building every day. They know what they got in Evan. They should know what they got in Evan Neal. They should know what they have in these cats. They should know that hey, maybe Aziz looking too good coming off coming off whatever injuries he's had. Kayvon Thibodeau didn't even look that great in camp to begin with, anyway. But we took it as a plus for the pa- for the tackles. Um, they they gotta know. That's my point. They have to know. Um, and shame on us for for buying into it, I guess. But again, it's 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 on them to to determine that. So next question. Bobby Skinner. Who's that? Tim from Florida. Uh, what are you guys betting for the pinstripe bowl? It's today. So we got to make a decision.
1: Oh.
0: So I was, I got
1: a couple of things. One, since the Tony Ward is coming up, the loser of this game. And again, this game is more even because a lot of, you know, one, Miami is not that good. And all their good players are either drafted or, you know, coming out. I was thinking... The loser could pay for all the Tony Award stuff, and then they're the ones who have to go to the company and say, "Hey, expense this Duncan gift card, this trophy, and this T-shirt," or like I don't a think I'm going or to go to the company. <laughs> well, you I, I, you can ex- get that stuff expensed, or, or or hey, that's just up to you to do that. Um, you know, we could do diecast. What, what do you what do you got? We gotta have we gotta put something on, it, even if it's really nothing. But we gotta put something on this.
0: Okay, I have no idea what the spread is because I can't bet on it in New Jersey since it's Rutgers yeah. football I
1: can see what the spread is
0: but yeah I'm down I'm down for something let's just, let's just make it the the cost of uh the Tony award and and everything that entails with it the the gift card the shirt the trophy
1: yeah so it's just like you have the whoever has to handle
0: wait are we talking about who wins it. the game or who covers
1: let let's see what the spread is and then we'll figure that out Because there could be a huge disparity here. The spread is... What the fuck is
0: this game? This minus two. For somebody. My guess is minus two Miami.
1: It's not showing up on this. Maybe it's because I'm in Florida. Miami. Rutgers. Spread.
0: Drumroll, please.
1: Here we go! Come on, where it is? Here we go! Fifteen minutes ago from this website. From this website, Rutgers as a one and a half point favorite. Hell yeah! That's
0: fishy though. <laughs> That's crazy. Home yeah, field I was advantage. Not, I, was,
1: I was not. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. So yeah. So loser of that has to uh, do all the Tony Award stuff. Okay. So again, are we
0: doing? Are we doing spread? Or are we doing pick 'em? It's a one. Ha- I, I you know what? It's in your advantage.
1: I, I I want to just do Pick'em. Okay, let's do Pick'em. Go Ruckers. Yeah. So so that puts me a little disadvantage, but I I, I don't want to. I I want to just do Pick'em. Go um, Ruckers. So that it concludes the trophy, which I think is like ends up being like twenty to twenty five bucks. The gift card twenty bucks, and then the t shirt. So t shirt. Like it's like a seventy five. Ends up being like a seventy five dollar thing.
0: T shirt's most expensive thing out of that um steven toronto
1: next question
0: he he had a viral tweet you see that viral tweet of dale earnhardt and billy eilish i didn't quite get it but i enjoyed it uh steven toronto at s toronto 92 how much has the giants lack of offseason improvements to their edge depth and pass rush hurt their defense as a whole in 2023 the giants have only have 25 sacks all season after basically ignoring the edge position in free agency and the draft
1: yeah, I I would have taken an Edge in first round. Like I know Miles Miles Murphy's starting to come along, but like he's someone who I would have loved to take in the first round. Um and this isn't me being like, "Oh, they should have take Miles." We're just saying like Edge like was a bigger need in the offseason people realized, and that's before this Aziz more in, Aziz injuries. And I want to talk about Aziz too, which I'm shocked. For some Edge has not been talked about a lot. It's been really bad. Like it's been almost you know, because of Kayvon, it's kind of been overlooked. Like they're they have the second least amount of sacks in the NFL only to the Carolina Panthers, and Kayvon has 46% of their sacks. Um, you know, Dex is their best pass rusher. I mean, Edge is a position where you need depth anyways, but the starters aren't amazing. Like, Kayvon is good. I want to talk more deep in Kayvon in a later question. Uh Kayvon's been good for them, right? But out of 79 edge rushers, Justin, Azizo who was like really good in all of these metrics and really good on film, just has looked really bad and the numbers match it he's 72 of 79 edge rushers in pass rush production he's 74th in pass rush win rate like took dramatic dramatic drops and oh let's not forget that uh who's dead last in both those categories jihad ward <laughs> um cave on 58th and 70th in those categories which is obviously really bad but he's been able to produce sacks which matter and then you get you know you trade it for boogie Basham, who's a healthy scratch the last three games for benton wetley and timone fox um uh, I feel like it has not been talked about enough how bad the the edge room has been this year, because Kayvon's kind of hitting it with his sack total.
0: Yeah, I mean, last year they were 6th in pressure rate, and they were 8th in QB hits. Um, This year the Giants are 28th in QB hits, and they're like middle of the pack, probably even closer to the bottom bottom quarter of the league in pressure percentage. 20% pressure rate, despite... Having the second highest blitz rate in the National Football League. Um, you know, you could say, "Oh, well, quarterbacks are getting rid of the ball quicker." Um, I mean, I think Wink was Wink is still the defense coordinator. Wink is blitzing. You know, it's still Wink. Wink is still doing what Wink does. Um, Dexter Lawrence doesn't have as many QB hits. The fact that he's been playing like less than fifty percent of the snaps ever since he missed a game a couple weeks ago really hurts. Dex is still going to get twenty QB hits on the year if he even gets one more. Um, on the year of the final two games of the season, which is still pretty crazy. He's had a really good year after having 29 last year. So him taking a little bit of a dip in QB hits hurts. I think it does come down to, Bobby, even though Aziz Ojolari, like didn't play the majority of the season last year, I do think that difference in pressure rate, and I do think the difference in QB hits, I think it comes down to when Aziz Ojolari was on the field last year, he was an absolute force. Plus, you did have to worry about Kayvon last year. Um, Leonard Williams wasn't an abs- wasn't like a big plus in the pressure. Or he was a plus in the pressure factory. wasn't a huge plus in the QB hit category. I think it comes down to not having that second edge rusher. That just having no one that you can rely on. I really do think. Yeah, it comes Aziz, down to when that. he
1: played last year, was like really, really good. Right, and I was kind of shocked because that's like you know, we, Aziz has been very quiet and there's been hasn't been like any flash. but You know, been a play here or there. Like the Seahawks game made some. Nice plays. But it's when been he's a lot in the run year, game.
0: Not even as a pass rusher. It's been a lot like in the run game. Like, oh, look at Aziz make a play in the run game there.
1: <laughs> he's just looked really bad. Jahad Ward is not making the same amount of plays he was making in the run game last year while also still being the worst pass rusher in the NFL at his position. Um You've got none, nothing out of that fourth edge uh edge rusher like it's been a really underrated bad part of this football team and I want to know what the hell happened to Aziz like I know he's injury prone right like I'm not including him he's not like he's not stopping me from making any any decision going forward even if he was playing well because of the injuries right if he's playing at the same level but he's not like last year he, he took a true step forward from his rookie year and now he's not even close to like the it's not doesn't look like he did his rookie year it's very no very frustrating. Like, what what has happened to him? I don't know if it's he slowed down, he's added muscle. I don't know, but he he does not look good at all out there.
0: No, he's just he's not adding anything, and it's and it's a shame. It's it's a shame. I can't even tell you. I'm I'm going to do something that I haven't done all year long. I'm going to look up his Pro Football Reference page, and see how many QB hits, how many. I'm going to see how many tackles he has. I haven't done this all year. He has half a sack, four QB hits, two tackles for loss. He has ten pressures, which which believe it or not, it's only three less than last year. He's already played more games than last year, though. He's played nine he played seven games last year, which are those. And was last more.
1: year he played in a lot of games where he didn't even play fifty percent of the snaps.
0: Right. He's played nine so he's played he's played already more than, uh, than hundred and ten snaps than last year. Played two hundred and thirty snaps last year. It feels like he played more than that because his impact was awesome. <laughs>
1: yeah. He, he was, like, creating turnovers with his sacks, too. Like, he was playing really well. Like Half like a sack. He won't win it. And so, so, Marash asked us on the fan the other day about, like, most disappointing players. And they said, take out, like, Neil and Jones. And you used uh, Waller. I was like, man, I should have said a Z. It's like, that to me, that. Yeah. Like. He won't win most underwhelming this year, but, like, he should be top three in it, right? Like, it should probably it's, it'll be some form or fashion of Jones or Neal as the top two. And then third probably is Aziz, right?
0: Quietly went under the radar as a player that we were really excited for. Not as a number one edge rusher, but as, like, a number two. And, oh, you, you could be a compliment to Kayvon Thibodeau and blah, blah, blah. Quietly went under the radar as, hey, we see you as a quality NFL starter for many years to come. And now it's like, I don't even know if I see you on the team next year. Very quietly how that – very quiet how that story has kind of flown under the radar. Yeah. Like
1: you said, it's like no one's really talked about – like, you know, with Graham, like well, all we talked about was like how bad the edge group is, right? It's like it's hard to call a consistent defense with an edge group like this. Um. And it's just like because of Kayvon's sack numbers, we haven't talked about it a lot. All right, next question.
0: Oh, next question is coming from RJ slash AT Pancake Futures in Jeopardy. What? And Shane, we trust with the five instead of the S. Did you hear the news about Evan Neal's ankle surgery? The sprain damaged the PTFL ligament, which requires the surgery called reading an ad.
1: And oh boy. By the way, oh. Evan Neal. It's more than a sprained ankle. Can we figure it out? Like, Dave will say he's going to need surgery. Come on, I, got, I I. I might have to start digging on this. Like, what? What is the injury? That's some that some sprained Evan Neal ankle had. Yeah. Some sprained what, what, ankle. What, what? What happened to Evan Neal's ankle? Let's Let's figure
0: this out. Next, go ahead. Oh boy, it's time for the parade in Pasadena. Tradition meets college football actually in one epic bowl game. And with DraftKings Sportsbook, you can make every play count. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for just betting $5 on any college football game, bowl game, whatever you want. Download the app now and use code WORLD. New customers can soar 150 instantly and in bonus bets for just 5 bucks on college football only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code WORLD. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit, visit, or visit, visit www.1800GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help us available for problem gambling. Call 888 7 Eight nine 7, seven 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 seven, or visit ccpg.org. You're right; the numbers actually typed out are very tough. Please play responsibly on behalf of Bootkill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Twenty-one plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire one hundred sixty-eight hours after issuance. See dkng.com/slash-football for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. Bobby Skinner, you'll be glad you did. And the next question is coming from nooner at one giant nooner does it worry you that the, that the ones who said let's go with DJ he's great are the same ones in charge of making the pick for our next franchise QB for me it's no <laughs>
1: me it's no too i now anytime you're taking a quarterback in the first round it's worse because it's it's hit or miss and it's like your franchise depends on it it can swing like so it could swing in both ways dramatically, or it could kind of put you in this D- Daniel Jones situation where it's, we'll talk about it. Uh, Change part of the process that got Josh Allen, you know, part of the process that graded Josh Allen and got him right. And then Brian Dable has taken a raw player like Josh Allen and kept him aggressive. So like, it's like, I, I have faith in them. Actually, I don't have, I, I don't have any reason to not like, like this, this is why I don't, trust them unless you want to do this daniel jones thing. here's the thing with the daniel jones is he's not as bad as his games this year suggest, justin right and is but he did flat out disappoint like they acknowledged like what dj did in 2019 as a rookie was good for a rookie quarterback with the personnel that they had like it was it was a good rookie year and then something we talked about last year is the second half of 2020 and 2021 is honestly very similar to 2022, DJ, but you had Brian Dable and Mike Kafka instead of Jason Garrett calling the offense. And, you know, the, the main thing that they like had him get better at was, like, you know, scrambling and, and throwing on the run a little bit more, uh, where it's like he's pocket presence with Andrew Thomas had gotten a lot better. Uh, and I don't think it's a coincidence that you know you had some of your bad stuff while not trusting his blindside. Now that's not an excuse to put out the film that he put this year. So, no, the Dan- like, and they when they were Daniel Jones played well last year, right? Like, what it, it, they're not a fluke. Yeah. Like they won a playoff game. I don't care You're like, oh, they played against the you know the Vikings. Okay, they outscored a great Vikings, a really good Vikings offense and played perfect against that. It's not like they just like, hey, they got some No, they didn't just put up some points. Like Daniel Jones essentially played flawless in that game. Um did essentially everything they wanted. Now, again, it with hindsight, it was a mistake, but it doesn't like I can see why, especially people in the building. Wanted to re-sign Daniel Jones. And they didn't give him like this huge franchise. They didn't or they didn't give him like a top of the QB market. They gave him the Ryan Tannehill type contracts, even though the DJ did get higher percentage wise than those guys. But it's right. kind of in the same range as those guys.
0: Right. You know, the fact that they can get out of this Daniel Jones contract, you know, it's it's still gonna hurt in 2020. It's gonna hurt next year. When he's on the roster and it's going to hurt in 2025, even though they have, I think they could free up a cap space of 20 million something. They're still going to have a dead cap with the number that starts with a two. So that, so regardless that, it's going to hurt, but it's not going to it. It's not going to prevent them from going out and getting the next franchise quarterback, even this off if they want to. Um, and, which and, they
1: built into the contract, which means they yeah. weren't just full bloom like, oh my god, this is 100 percent the guy. Let's plan for it, right? right like they. Right. They planned that. Hey, he's he's pretty good, but he's not a hundred percent what we want.
0: Yeah, and and for your exact reason that you started off by saying, you know, hey, does it worry you that the ones who said let's go with DJ, he's great, are the same ones in charge of making the pick for our next franchise quarterback? No, what what worries me most about the ones in charge of making the picks for our next franchise quarterback is that in the NFL it's really hard to find a franchise quarterback. That's that's the thing that I'm most worried about that it is such a it is such a crap shoot. and there is so much of the process especially with quarterbacks and it's it'll be with quarterback more than any other position because you want your quarterback to be the guy that's first in the building and he's out and he's out last, right? You want your quarterback calling uh you know Mike Kafka and Brian Dable over the summer. Uh, Hey, I have a question about this coach. I was watching film and I have a question about this install. And you want your quarterback to be the hardest worker, not just in the building, but you want your quarterback to be one of the hardest workers in the NFL. And that is what is going to distinguish whatever quarterback that the Giants take is their ability to work and their ability to take coaching, understand it, apply it. And also having a God given feel for pocket presence that cannot be taught because they've tried to teach it to Daniel Jones for years. That will be the thing that separates the Giants franchise quarterback than the next one between, you know, the, maybe the one who's not the Giants franchise quarterback.
1: And, it, and like you said, it's not easy. Like now we're we're back in the drive sack draft cycle, and every quarterback's amazing, right? It happens every. It's like every single year, and if like you criticize a quarterback, like you people lose their minds, and like you're just a hate, like every year. So you know, you could say, oh, this is a great quarterback. Every. Every single time we've heard this is a great quarterback class, it ends up sucking, right? Yeah. Like what are the last two great quarterback classes, Justin?
0: Uh great? I
1: mean Andrew Luck and RG Three. No, no, that people said like in the last you oh. know, ten like the last two 2018 and 2021. So, who do we get out of those? Well, the, the top three in the 2018 Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, and Josh. Well, not Josh Rosen went fifth. The top two suck. Josh Allen turned great. Lamar Jackson, the one that everyone didn't like, ended up uh, being great. And then Josh Rosen sucked, right? Great quarterback class. All right, the next one. And Trevor Lawrence. Now, Trevor Lawrence has been really good in the NFL. Um, hasn't been quite what he was hyped up to be. But that's kind of impossible standards to live by unless you are Andrew Luck. Zach Wilson sucks. Justin Fields People are still doing this conundrum. He's not very good right now. I'll at least say that Trey Lance sucks. Mac Jones sucks. Uh, so it's you know I am I am not in QB or bust moment. I'm just I really hope that we get a quarterback um, moment. But I'm not. I I, ha, I am not like you got to go take a quarterback.
0: But here's what makes me feel better about having Brian Dable. As the guy that's going to be, you know, hey, you're going to. If they pick a quarterback, they're going under Brian Dable. You just named a shit ton of quarterbacks, and you know, even take Trevor Lawrence's first year. Terrible situation, and Trevor Lawrence looked lost. Trevor Lawrence looked really bad. A lot of these top quarterbacks that are taken, they go to horrible situations, and situation, and coaching, and talent around you. That stuff very much. Impacts if a quarterback is going to be good or if a quarterback is going to be bad or if a quarterback can even just survive. Um, And that makes a hell of a lot, hell of a huge difference. And I'm really glad that Brian Dables here that, you know, at least hopefully the coaching side of it will not be a flat out disaster. So the quarterback can thrive. That is what I'm hoping.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Hey, this next question, let's scrap it because it's a good question. So I don't want to, I want to put it at the top of next week, so yeah, because we're going to save a for log. next week this cave on Thibodeau. So I'm going to save that for next week because uh, it's we could we could have left led off with this topic. It's a good one, so we're going to save this cave on topic for next week. Um, and let's 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 get into these last couple.
0: Chris Peace, do you think that Danny King's weather reports have affected Justin's ability to read an ad? Well, they've affected my ability to read an ad, but maybe Bobby can read one.
1: We got to start sticking it to Danny King. You can't just say chance of rain. Is it going to rain or not? Like he said, chance of rain every freaking week, the year, this uh, every week, this year, every year, this week. Today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. If you don't know what SeatGeek is, they're a ticketing app that makes uh, buying tickets super simple. They're a ticketing app that I'm going to use for the Pop-Tart Bowl. And I wish I was using for the Pinstripe Bowl Rutgers at Miami. I don't know why you're not going to this game, Justin. You should be. Use SeatGeek. And use promo code GIANTS. With over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app. There are more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeek, including sports, concerts, festivals, and more. They always wanted to make sure that you are getting a good deal. So when you're on the app, look for the green dots. Green means good, red means bad. Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee, and SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. I, and we, have got the hookup. Use code GIANTS for $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code GIANTS. Click the link in the description to download the app.
0: Next question. Oh, breaking news. Um, Talking Giants officially had their first 1 million view video. Congratulations, Justin. Congratulations to us. We did it together. Um, the no, Belgium guy. You made guy. that video. Huh?
1: I said, no, you made that video.
0: I made that video. The Belgium guy at the Belgium guy won. How did the tape of Deontay Banks look against A.J. Brown? Did he actually silence him a bit, Bobby?
1: So this is what I said I wanted to watch on film when I got it. You did. I was disappointed, <laughs> not because he did bad. <laughs> But because the Eagles just they just had AJ Brown run a hitch twenty five times like it was in, I would be losing my mind if I was an Eagles fan. And Glock Roach messaged me and he was listening to our guy Sean Syed on uh, the Philly Special podcast. He's like one of the best film guys in in the game, and he's like, yeah, they just start spamming AJ Brown like on, on these same routes, and they, it was just hitch, 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 hitch every single play, and they had Banks playing an off. Inside leverage with his hips turned out to the sideline. So AJ Brown won a couple times on a few times on those hitches, and and Banks uh, looked pretty good on it, right? But it was the ultimate like, hey, you're running this coverage, so we're just gonna run hitches, and we're really not gonna test you or challenge you at all. So I was very frustrated again, not because of Banks, but because of the Eagles. Like I, you know, you see the stats of AJ Brown versus Banks. I'm like, I'm excited to see to see this shit and see what happened, and then the Eagles just like they are not a they're they losing Shane Steichen hurts them oh yeah like it really has hurt them like like they do some stuff on and on defense with Matt Patricia I know I, I praise them for the way they played Tommy DeVito but again you're playing Tommy DeVito they had Nolan Smith playing stack linebacker yep. and the Giants were like oh, on fourth down and one and it's like oh yeah of course we're gonna run right at you like they, they have issues um, and they like they were the, we have answers for everything offense last year. They're not the, and I I actually like Wink's game plan in this. Now, there were some third downs and fourth downs that get you a little frustrated because you played soft on him. but Wink, like, threw a lot of different coverages. He covered, ran, cover zero blitzes the most he's done this year. He ran fire zone like, he threw a lot at Jalen Hurts and confused him. There was just time where their guys were more talented and, and made plays, and then they made plays in the few times where you didn't really love what Wink martindale was exactly what he was doing so anyways that's that's all i have to say about that
0: anyways that's all you have to say about that boring get more entertaining philly we want to see it we want to see deontay no, banks don't.
1: please don't please be bad please be
0: bad they banks was bad. on
1: uh, was a dnp on on wednesday and I was a walkthrough so participation is a is a projection, but hopefully that shoulder injury is not something that's going to lose him these last two games of the year. Because he's going to be a really good test to go against Puka and Cooper Cup. Yeah, I would love um, to see it. And then the Eagles again.
0: Most important question that we have gotten this year, Mr. Brownstone, he asks, can you host another live show in North Carolina next year so I can bring this franchise back?
1: I actually do want to do that again.
0: I'm going to the race. I will be there.
1: I think we should do a Charlotte Motor Speedway live show again. And okay. I think we can actually do it in the track this time because of all of our connections with NASCAR. Right. So we could tell people, hey, get into the gates early, come in and hang out there. You can bring your own, you know, alcohol and we can do like we can set up in the concourse of the track.
0: That would be sick.
1: Yeah, instead of being instead of being like, hey, like we'll we'll figure out where we're parking when we get there and then tell you. No, it's like, hey, meet us meet us, you know, at in front of in, in front of this thing inside the track, right? And the tickets are cheap. Um, you know, you can bring your own alcohol in there, you can bring your own food and alcohol in there. Like it's just come out and hang out. I actually do want to do that again. And if you want if you guys don't remember, Mr. Brownstone, the let's win some games, like that's a rallying cry that led to the Giants winning a playoff game.
0: Legit saved... The like the franchise and we didn't go back to charlotte and now the franchise is doomed again so what do we need to do we
1: got all our north carolina people now here's the thing that those people who did at the one time like now i know mr brownstone would i think research what rick would but like tim coffee you better get your ass there because I, I, we know you're a flake so people like that would have to show up um
0: steven toronto will be so, there because he's probably already at the race anyway
1: yeah, so we, we we gotta do it a little more like we gotta make sure we get some people there, but I, I do think we should do that again. I agree. Um I will, already, we title I will it, already be there. Should we title it Charlotte Motor Speedway Live Show?
0: Nope, we should not. We should Why not, not title because any time that we have made a NASCAR reference in the title, the that is the worst episode of any talking giants in like the last two, three years.
1: I love like stats and analytics is like, yeah, these are, well, yeah, that's what happens. Like NASCAR pays us to go to Chicago. What else did you want us to do?
0: We'll title it something else. We'll title it something outrageous.
1: Yeah. Just totally. Bobby, Bobby
0: jumps off like, a building. Great,
1: great, great, great stats and analytics. Like, Hey, you know what? When you title it about NASCAR, it doesn't do as well. Oh, word. Does, does the Jet Blue sucks episode not do as well as you know the Giants draft Deontay Banks? Oh he well yeah that is the Jet the Jet Blue sucks episode did suck numbers wise. Well that partly that one came out on a Friday evening so that was on our fault but it was Jet Blue's fault.
0: Uh, I wanted to there was oh fucking a we're going to fucking Mobile Alabama that means we have to travel with equipment again. They're gonna lose my shit and I'm gonna also continue to lose my shit again.
1: You need to pull. Um, a gay Lord Falker, and Falker, and be like, "Hey, this gets there, like, and like, make sure it gets there. Give me your address, like,
0: and give me the. Like, people no, that, you
1: guys mess this up. Make sure this bag gets on the damn plane. Give me
0: the people that live bring, in carry your, your on home, with you. and if it doesn't get there, then somebody may show up to your home, and so, the people that anyways, live in your home yes, may be I, gone."
1: Yes, I would love to go to my second favorite state in the nation, of North Carolina. My second favorite sport now of NASCAR, and see some of my favorite Talking Giants listeners, and do a live show.
0: I would love that. Uh, and I, good news, I drive to North Carolina, so wouldn't don't have to be worried about losing my stuff.
1: That's that's that is good news. Um, I would not, maybe
0: I would drive there.
1: Maybe I'll maybe maybe I will just we'll just all drive to North Carolina. Hey,
0: it's like a, it's like a ten hour trip for me. It's gotta be way less for you. I think it's
1: ten I think it might be eleven hours because you're going to it's you know it's not on it's not right off I ninety five, right? So you're you're going into Carolina a little bit. Actually I'm gonna look that up right now. How long does it take to get from my address? Well, we're almost at an hour, so
0: hurry up. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Minute fifty nine minutes and thirty seconds. It takes.
1: It takes. Five, eight, four. eight hours and thirteen minutes. All right, so less time. All right, we'll uh, <laughs> enjoy you guys. We'll see you tomorrow for a preview pod. Until then, let's go, Big Blue.